welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Hello, race fans, and welcome to another episode of the From Checkered to Green podcast. Wherever you're listening, whatever time you're listening to, we have got a great episode for you today. We're, we're talking about the Formula One season there in an off season. And just like our, our theme that's been throughout this year with, with the coat in the previous year with COVID, they had their setbacks. They got through their season. They were able to work around, figure out a plan. But, you know, it's great to have everyone back here for another episode my colleagues Elliot Tardiff and our great producer Ryan Kolpak gentlemen how are you doing for this episode well happy to be here as always um a little chilly down here in in North Carolina but um otherwise uh doing well doing real well Uh, doing the same here gentlemen as always it's good to have these chats with you and to your point, a little chilly here in Buffalo, New York as well. But, you know, in January, you can't be all that surprised. Now, Ryan, I got a quick question to ask you. Are you doing the thing like I'm doing right here in Syracuse? Window open it right now and wearing shorts? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Hey, we, 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 you know, and Elliot knows it too, being from Connecticut. You know what? Doesn't matter what the temperature is. We'll wear shorts and keep the window open. That's what happens when you have antifreeze plumping through your veins. Yeah. Sir. Well, we're going to have a great episode, as I mentioned here. Formula One season, they got through it this year, and we had some history made. Elliot? want to take it away yes sir um so what started as um the 2020 formula one campaign in australia um was delayed um and eventually canceled owing to um the spreading covid uh pandemic at the time um and like a lot of uh motorsport there was a lot of hand wringing and there were a lot of questions about what was going to happen and how they were going to uh, put a season together if they could at all. And eventually they did uh, starting in July and focusing mainly on racetracks in Europe and the Middle East as well. Um, And there being a lot of um, uh, uh, consecutive week events. Um, For example, I think at the uh, the Red Bull ring uh, as well as Silverstone in uh, in England and then in Bahrain as well um, but, but uh, they were able to uh, race a 17 race schedule uh, starting in July and then ending in mid-December at Abu Dhabi and uh, while there was a lot of question about getting the season in by the end of it there really wasn't a question of who the best driver was and who the best team was once again it was Lewis Hamilton uh, winning the championship uh, on the back of an 11 win, 14 podium, 10 pole 
uh, season, according to the stats, according to racingreference.info. Uh, his teammate, Valtteri Bottas, um, winning two races, 11 podiums, and five poles, finished second. Uh, Max Verstappen, uh, the, uh, the young up-and-coming driver in, uh, in Red Bull, finished third. Sergio Perez in the Racing Point team uh, finished fourth. Uh, Daniel Ricardo fifth. Carlos Sainz um, finishing sixth. Uh, Albon, the other Red Bull driver, finishing seventh. Charles Leclerc, uh, the Frenchman in uh, Ferrari, the best performing Ferrari uh, entry this year, uh, remarkably finishing well down the championship order uh, eighth. Uh, and then Lando Norris and finally Pierre Gasly uh, finishing out the season 10th in points. Sebastian Vettel, the other Ferrari entrant this year, finishing 13th in what was arguably a disastrous uh, 2020 campaign for Ferrari. Um, but as far as our champion goes, uh, Lewis Hamilton, now known as Sir Lewis Hamilton, uh, uh, acquiring the, uh, the, the title of knighthood from Her Majesty the Queen um, late, this, uh, late this past year, um, tying, the, uh, 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 tying one of the all-time greats in Formula One, Michael Schumacher, in the number of championships, and this year becoming the all-time win leader, um, all-time uh, uh, leader in number of Grand Prix uh, one in Formula One. Uh, so an exceptional season um, to an exceptional career for an exceptional driver that um, uh, continues on. So, um, but uh, just a, a textbook domination by Mercedes. Um, and this is a continuation of, of uh, domination for them. Um, again, according to racingreference.info, um, Mercedes has won um, the constructor championship and I believe the driver championship as well um, every year from 2014 through 2020. Um, and that's, that's a, a really, impressive record of domination and then uh, harkens back to Ferrari uh, in the uh, early and mid 2000s. Um, McLaren uh, in the late 80s and early 90s with uh, uh, Prost and Senna. Um, and then, uh, yeah, even then going uh, back way back into the, uh, the archives. Um, uh, Juan Manuel Fangio uh, and, uh, and his run that he went on in the 50s. Um, but um, uh, an exceptional uh, record of domination from Mercedes here in recent years. Most certainly, indeed. And I, it's amazing. I mean, Lewis Hamilton, I mean, you, you knew he was up and coming when, when he started to get into Formula One. You could see he had talent, and I, I, I mean, you you want to say drivers with talent in Formula One? You think of if you look at the names, 
Michael Schumacher had it. You know, Nicky Lauda had it. He he had talent out there. Some other drivers that you think of having talent that you look at was the late great Arrington Senna. I mean, if it wasn't for Imola in '94. Who knows, you know, who knows if 95 would have been the, the all-time win, win record. We may be looking at 100. I mean, I mean, he's such a great driver, and he's, he's got a lot of talent out there. He's going to be a great driver for years. Mercedes definitely good, locked him up. He's got a good he, – he looks out for Bada. Um, he, he definitely looks out for his teammate. I, I think a few years. I I think a few years ago, when um Sochi the the race in, in Russia happened, the Grand Prix there, when Boss was leading, and they told you know Hamilton in the spell with Vel for the championship, and you know they they told the orders. You know let him buy and. and Bottas, you know, had a dominant car, and that's what you you need is a good team, and and that's great for Mercedes that they're strong. One thought I can say is Ferrari. I, I the the whole situation with Vettel, I think, really did them in. I I think it it didn't make them competitive. It allowed Red Bull to leap them to go ahead of them it's going i mean you you look and you have to think about with red bull jumping ahead renault jump mclaren renault jumping ahead racing point ferrari had a tough year and i think that vettel situation was was a mess it hurt vettel's career it you know, he it hurt where he could get a ride. A lot of good rides closed up on him because I think of the career he had, how that situation ended. So, I I think Ferrari's got a lot a lot to do if they're gonna want to be up there. But right now, Mercedes is the top, and I think the one who can chase them is Red Bull. And I think it's going to be a great year for that. But congratulations, Lewis. Congrats on on your honor. That's a high honor. That goes up with Jackie Stewart, um, who's another great Formula One legend. So congrats and good job. Yes, sir. Uh, Ryan, do you have any thoughts? Honestly, there's nothing more that I can add to what you gentlemen have already said so eloquently. Lewis Hamilton earned every inch of the accolades that he has. He's almost, you almost consider him, he's a transcended beyond driver to almost a force of nature. And to that, sir, congratulations. And may the future of your career be as bright as your current accolades. Very good. Um, well, um, it was a, uh, um, a dominant 2020 season for Sir Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes, um, but it was a very notable season in other ways as well. Um, and we're going to break down 
uh, one of those moments in particular in our spotlight segment, which is coming up right around the bend on the other side of this break. This is From Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you enjoying the content? Feel free to join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter at From Checker to Green Podcast. Your feedback helps drive our show, and we're always interested in what you have to say. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Tell us. Any topic that you'd like us to cover? Let us know. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out the rest of our episodes on podcasts.com and at Apple Podcasts. We look forward to hearing more from you in the future. And now, back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Welcome back, Grace fans. And as Elliot mentioned in our spotlight segment, it was a historic Formula One year, a, a very unusual year. And we had probably a moment that Time stood still. I, I th- that's why I can point. Th- that's why I can say about that. And we're going to talk about an event that happened during the Bahrain Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi. You, you probably saw this. It made national news. It made CNN. It made Good Morning America. Um, Actually, and- it was the uh, the Bahrainian. Uh, Grand Prix. Right. I don't think it was uh, in uh, in Abu Dhabi. Oh, I think it was on uh, at uh, UAE. Oh yes, sorry about that, Bahrainian. Yes, sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. the Bahrainian Grand Prix. My my bad. Thank you, Elliot. No problem. And you, it it was involving Roman Grosjean. It it, it was a accident that I would never thought would have happened you would never imagine there's these moments in in auto racing that make you look and say what what happened um one one thing that comes to my mind is um dale earnhardt at daytona in 2001 or dan weldon in 2016 at California, Greg Moore, if, you, if you're getting, if you know these events, you might be getting on the theme I'm getting to. Horrific crashes where maybe the driver, chances of survival are very, very slim. And it was a horrific crash. It happened on the first lap when Grosjean veered off the track after the third corner, and this is on CNN.com, when he came in contact with Daniel Cavett and his Haas car, Grosjean's Haas car plowed through the Armico barrier, exploding and breaking in half. Huge fireball, and all of a sudden the safety crews arrive, and he comes out. He walks out. He walks out, and that let's just 
say when we mean broken in half, it broke right where the po- where the the cockpit is in the back of the car. He had light burns on his hands and ankles. I, he they they said light burns. I I I saw the one picture of his hand a few weeks ago and that wasn't a light burn. That that was a pretty bad burn he got, but he's doing yep. well. He was conscious. He was in the hospital for some time. He got out. Um he's uh his hands were burned. Um I I can think the last time I knew the the one thing I can think of is Jim Herdebees in the sixties at believe it was Milwaukee according to his book when I read his biography when his hands got burned really bad um Grosjean did and he's looking forward to race and I just I I can talk you know we can talk more of these thoughts but gentlemen you know what were your thoughts to this I got to be honest when I, I actually watched that race and when that happened, my heart just dropped into my stomach thinking, did I just watch a man die? And not moments later, seeing him pop out of that vehicle under his own power. And just, I can only imagine the absolute relief that his team, the crew, the safety crew working, everybody watching that live had a feel thing. He made it he is alive after what we just witnessed. And I, I don't think it's, you know, overly dramatic to throw the word miracle around when that sort of thing happens. Indeed. Uh, that was, um, uh, the events of that day were, um, there were definitely some miracles of physics at play and maybe some other things too. Um, I'll confess. I, um, I didn't have a chance to watch that race. Um, but, um, started hearing about it not long afterwards. Um, the uh, uh, the word about it started spreading up, uh, on social media almost immediately. Um, and when you look at the at the the crash, there was literally zero time from when they came off of this corner, and I believe it was a high speed corner. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a little bit of a, a mix up in the middle of the field and uh, Grosjean crosses the, the front end of uh, Kaivet's car. And he, there was l- very little, if any time from when Grosjean loses control and spins off to the right of the racetrack and hits that um, Armco barrier head on at a high rate of speed. And the, the physics of it, the fire of it, um, it harkened back to a very dark period in Formula One. And indeed, in, in uh, a, lot of, uh, right. a lot of racing, a lot of open wheel racing, but in Formula yeah. One in particular, um, where you had uh, drivers almost every week, it seemed, uh, that were severely injured or dead because of uh, a major crash or a major fire or both. Um, and um, it definitely harkened back to that. Um, 
but there was some definitely some things to play and we're going to break some of those things down here um where yeah you you, you see the 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 barrier split you see the car split in half and all of a sudden you see him just pop up out of the middle of this this you know ball of flame and uh like y'all said the the uh, track stewards are right there it was the first lap so they had that um that car that follows the uh the the back of the field as they you know tear off into the first set of corners or whatever and they just happen to be right there within a matter of seconds and we're already starting to try and fight the fire and and get him out of there and thank goodness he was able to get out of there under his own power because uh you know, one wonders what would have happened had he been incapacitated, but um, it was, there were a, a series of things um, that went extraordinarily right in a moment that went extraordinarily wrong um, and led to one of the most spectacular crashes in Formula One in recent memory. You know, I you know to to touch on that point, Elia, about the 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 fatalities that happened in auto racing in in the seventies. I mean, the sixties, the seventies were even even the eighties were were a dark time for especially open wheel. I mean, you the the crashes weren't survivable. I just watched. Um, I, I read the book years ago. I, actually, it's autographed as well. Um, Dr. Stephen Ove, who was the IndyCar doctor. He was the doctor for CART. And um, I just want his book, Rapid Response. It's a good read. Um, and Amazon Prime, it, it's it, it's a good watching. Um uh, you know, they, they talk about the head injuries that occurred back then. And, you know, it, it, it was, you know, one of the things, and I think Bobby Unser said the best, you go into driver's means back then and you, you look and you wonder how many of these guys aren't going to be here the following week because they would be killed. It'd be two to three, maybe four. And, you know, I, you know, Ryan, I, I know you said miracle and part of me wants to say that, but I think seeing crashes and I've, I've looked at a few share of my crashes. Um, I've looked at what's happened and that's why I've read read Olve's book about rapid response because I wanted to understand some of these crashes that have happened in the past and, and what what they learned. Um it's I think uh, there's a lot safety has come and, and we can get into this more and, and let's get into the safety aspect because one going to an armco barrier I, I I just don't know how you survive that without the safety and considering yeah. that it's been four years it, 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 it was four years since the last oh, 
I mean, being 2021 now, five years since the last Formula One fatality. And before that, 1994, Formula One has led to safety. Um, uh, Pioneer and or the, the, the lead in safety with their sport and made changes right away. Um, I just, let, let's get into the safety. I mean, the Armco barrier, that, how the car's designed. Let, let's start talking about that because without the safety, he wouldn't have survived this. There's no way he would have survived it without the safety and i think the big thing's that halo yeah yeah i think the the first part of this conversation needs to be about the car um Mm. because the armco is its own thing um but to your point um some of the very painful lessons that have been learned over the years um in in open wheel in general um and how those came to bear in car design here in recent years and how they've reduced um, but not eliminated sadly um, the the likelihood of fatal accidents in um, FIA competition site the accident that killed uh, the young racer Antoine Hubert mm-hmm. at Spa in 2019 in a Formula 2 race yeah. um, where his car was basically split in half um, at the cockpit. Um, and so sadly he passed away. Um, so what that showed is that there, you know, it, it, um, you know, fatalities can still happen even with a a car that's arguably it's the safest that there has been in, uh, FIA in formula one to this point. Um, and I'll confess, I haven't seen uh, what, if any, changes they made uh, following uh, Hubert's accident. But um, uh, the halo, which arguably came about uh, following the tragic death of Justin Wilson during an IndyCar race at Pocono, um, when he was struck in the head by debris um, from a, a crash that occurred in front of him. Um, and suffered fatal injuries from that. Um, that plus, I think Dan Weldon um, yeah. and his accident at Vegas in, I think it was 2011. Um, uh, I think those things were starting to, um, they were starting to build some momentum towards, okay, we've got to do something to start protecting uh, the heads of these open wheel drivers because their 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 heads are exposed to anything yeah. that, that comes at them well I, I i think the one thing with that you go back to dan walden and elliot i think i i, I don't know if you remember this when when walden died and um when 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 he was killed at california and and we knew it we you know we saw it happen I remember well, you Weldon met... was at Vegas. Greg oh, Vegas. Moore was at, at Fontana. Yeah. Yeah. He was at Moore was California. at I mean Moore was at Fontana. And and Moore you kind of knew right away just based on impact. Same with Weldon. But when we talked about Weldon, I mean I remember starting a job 
I, I was starting a new job and we were talking about it. I was talking with some people in all racing. I said, they got to do something to protect the head. They need to put like a roll cage or something. And you know what they said to me? That's crazy. The driver's not going to be able to see in that. They're not going to be able to. I'm going to say, and I said, you need to, or you're going to have more fatalities. Well, Justin Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the thing all they point to. If you look at rapid response, you read rapid response or you watch on Prime, what did they look at? What did they see? A lot of the injuries were head. It was a head injury. It was a basal skull fracture that did in a driver. Yep. And that's what did Senna in. Mm. I mean, you look at Senna's crash. So yeah, protecting the head was was is, is big, and it's it said that it took that long for them to come up with something. But there's it. it but already, there's been one life beast. Yeah. Uh, and that's just in Formula One. I remember there being a big wreck at uh, at Iowa um, in an IndyCar race last yeah. year, and there were some arguments that. Um, you know, a life was saved that two, night as well. Two, Paul, because well, if if it wasn't for the wheel, the wheel was struck Paul, and then um, yeah, that crash on the restart, I I yep. remember, and and that was huge. Mm-hmm. The 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 halo, I mean, IndyCar did. It, it's good they had the windscreen. They they like that, and. But yeah, the the halo was. If it wasn't for the halo, I, I, I think that was the key component was the halo. Yeah, yeah, that, and the, and um, to that point, let's let's kind of briefly touch on the armco barrier for a minute, mm-hmm. um, because you know we've seen uh, you know armco be a a generally reliable. Um, uh, retaining method over the years and over the decades. Yeah. Um, but there have been times where um, Armco barriers have not uh, performed well in certain accidents and have led to um, serious injuries or fatalities where they otherwise uh, might not have been. Um, and there were uh, some of those uh, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, you and I have talked about um, uh, the, uh, it was in 74, I think it was, uh, Helmuth Koenig. Uh, um, um, I think it was 74. I know, um, hold on. I can tell you really quick because it was at Watkins Glen. It was. Yep. Uh, be very, um, I suggest don't Google this because um, I, be honest, I can tell you, um, I've kind of saw, um, I'm trying to see what it was. Uh, uh, continue with your point while I take a look. Oh, yeah, 74. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, and he went uh, through a um, an Armco barrier at high speed at, at Watkins Glen. 
in, in the boot, in, in the boot, and that one was that was a uh, that actually was an odd accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't. Um, I, I won't go into details what happened, and and like I said, I've I I've looked at some of the stuff, and I came across the image by accident the one time, and. Um, so you gotta be careful what you look, not for the, you know, faint of heart here, but to what happened, but it, it came out of its post. That's what happened. It it pulled it out, out of its post and he went under it. He didn't go through it. This was Grosjean went through it and broke it. Yep. Just because of the speed and the force yes. in which he hit that wall. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, we talked about that um, survey um, in 73 at Watkins Glen went over the Armco. So yeah, Armco actually um, hurt AJ Foyt at Michigan, the Armco hurt his arm. He, okay. um, he got uh, 82 OV said he because this is what changed IndyCar of getting a Medvac helicopter. Um, he got his arm pinched. And if it wasn't for the quick use in Penske helicopter, he would have lost his arm. So, yeah, Armco is great, but mm-hmm. I, I got to say, Elliot, I think they need to get rid of Armco. You, you you need to you need to do you need to come up with something um that that makes it a little more sturdy um maybe the, the and it was formed here the the maybe safer the barrier well is maybe the safer barrier but even the foam blocks that Bill Colton came up with that when modified drivers were were getting killed in the 80s and 90s at tracks, um, he developed a foam block, Lancaster Speedway, Lancaster, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these foam blocks he sold to other tracks like Oswego Speedway. They put them in their corners. They absorbed the shock. So there's another method mate or tires. If you want to build up the tires to protect, but you got to do some way to, to protect those. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you got to start looking at that. Yeah. But um, even with that, so let's assume they do uh, foam blocks. So they, they, they do mm-hmm. something. Um, behind that, you're still going to have something else other than Armco, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't disagree with that uh, with that thought at all. Um, but if you have a concrete wall, um, if you have you know something something else, mm-hmm. um, and you still have a hit that severe. Um, there's still a lot of 
um, momentum. There's a lot of inertia yeah. well, that has to be worked out somehow. That's where the, the Hans device comes in. Well, yeah, absolutely. But then um, because that impact, it was so close to the racing surface, right? Yeah. Um, Rojan spun and it was not even a split second later. He was in, he was in the barrier, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, now you replace Armco with something else. Then he bounces back out onto the track again. And you've got, you know, potentially uh, Hubert all over again. Well, that, right? but that's where, let's say you put, let's say you put concrete up. Let's say you put the tires. Let's say you put something up there. I mean, that that's the one advantage to the foam blocks is when you hit them, you really don't come back out. You, you, you really don't. I mean, it, it, it makes cleanup easier because the cars eventually blow out. You pick up the big pieces. They're easy to replace right away. You, um, and just seeing accidents with foam blocks, especially going up to Oswego Speedway, where I've seen cars hit the foam blocks and they really don't come back out. So, I mean, not like with the safer barrier where they hit and then they kind of tend to come back out like on the NASCAR track. Um, if you did the foam blocks or tires, I think you really, re- I mean, you, you really absorb a lot of that momentum and I think it's going to take it, it it's going to reduce it coming back out. But the other thing might be is maybe you redesign the corner so it's not a high-speed corner. That or um, redesign to move that wall away from the racing surface, be, you know, give a little bit more runoff kind, space. Kind, kind of like Watkins Glen where they essentially got rid of all the grass um, and, and put more runoff area like kitty litter or or sand or something to reduce it where even if they hit that wall at least they've reduced the speed down right and well i don't necessarily think um sand or anything like that would would necessarily be appropriate off of that corner on that side one i'm just saying is maybe move that wall back a little bit further um and so but, maybe but you there's gotta, a little a little bit less um but you gotta do something to reduce the speed because he he went full bore and and the issue is is when when you get full bore if it, it doesn't matter how far the wall's back you know right. you you may cook your you know you know you you can hope that your braking system um works Maybe maybe they install a technology like with the monster trucks that have kill switches that can be radio controlled. So if someone breaks, they got one someone up high can can kill that car right away to try to slow it down. I mean that's a possibility, but you know when you're talking about an accident like this, everything mm-hmm. happens so fast, just yes. bang bang bang, that. There would have been no way that something like that would have. Oh yeah. In this case, I. I but, but, 
The one um, thing is that safety's come a long way. It has. First, in terms of the fire, mm-hmm. thankfully, we don't see a lot of fires in Formula One these days. What happened or, there was a little bit of an anomaly because yeah. the severity of the the uh, wreck basically and, sheared off the fuel tank, and it was yeah. the start of the race with with a ton of fuel in it. Um, so there was that. But the other part is that um, the the fireproof suit, mm-hmm. the helmet, the gloves. Pretty much yeah. everything worked exactly as it should have, and then some, uh, because that was, you know, arguably a, a, you know, a very intense fire, um, and Grosjean was in that for a period of seconds, um, and the the only burn injuries that he sustained were on the backs of his hands. Yeah, um, which was also another surprise look, to me because if you look at the the replay, he's putting his his hands on the armco barrier to try and leapfrog it to get away from the fire. Yeah, and I'm sure that armco, even at that point yeah. in time, is really really hot. But yeah, it wasn't that part of his hands. It looked like, um, based on the photos afterwards, it doesn't look like that was the part of his hands that were burned. The front of his hands were not burned. It was the back of his hands. Yeah. And, and that's what and that's what the most probably common burn is is I mean it, it's the back of the hands the arms because yeah. just how the safety is and it, 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 it's amazing I I think it's come a long way I've got some thoughts later on in the show about that yeah. but it it, it you can call it miracle. You can call it there was an angel there. You you can, you know, whatever you say. But I, I'm gonna say it. It was safety, and that's why I've, yeah. that's what I've come to with that. Yeah, and credit to the safety team as well. All yes. of the safety workers that yeah. were on the scene very quickly. Uh, yeah. There there wasn't much of a delay in getting help to them. Uh, and the efforts of the uh, the safety workers that saw him trying to climb the wall, and they mm-hmm. reached out and grabbed him in the in the midst of all that fire and stuff, just grabbed him and yeah. said, "Get over here," and um, you know, putting their own safety at risk to to do so. Um, you know, and and um, one of the uh, the more poignant scenes of the 2020 season was um, Grosjean returning to the racetrack and giving his thanks to uh, to those uh, safety team members yeah. um, was uh, was definitely a uh, um, uh, an emotional scene uh, not only for uh, for Grosjean and everybody there but uh, also for um, uh, fans of racing in general yeah. Um, very very special to see well with that said we've actually got a break coming up we need to get set to take the green this is the from checker to green podcast the from checker to green podcast will be right back are you looking to place yourself head and shoulders above your competitors Consider Samurai Graphics to redesign your business logos and any other items that you need to give yourself a leg up on any competitor. From logo designs to letterheads to stationery, 
any designs that you need, they can be provided to you by Samurai Graphics. If you're interested in making yourself stand out from the crowd, contact Samurai Graphics at SamuraiGraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back with the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. And now we're going to get into uh, the uh, the green flag segment of this episode. And today we're going to talk about, much as we did for uh, for IndyCar, uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming 2021 Formula One season and all of the off-season moves that have occurred um, in the world of Formula One to this point. So uh, let's get into, let's first, let's talk about the schedule um, and uh, the 23 races that are expected presently to comprise the 2021 Formula One campaign. Uh, David, you have any thoughts? Well, I'm looking at the schedule here, and the one thing I like, and I heard they confirmed it, Monaco is back. Monaco, May 23rd, a week before the Indy 500, that is back. I'm glad to see it on there. I do like that they're going to Canada again. They always have a good, great race up there. They're back to Coda. I'm just looking. I mean, the one change is Australia, Melbourne is near the end of the year, but they're also at a track in Saudi Arabia. Um, that That's going to be interesting. I think that's a new race that's there. Um, they do have one May 2nd. They're not sure, but they go. Um, I think they're waiting to dis- decide. But Italy is another good race. Silverstone, uh, Spa, uh, Monza should be a good race. So, as long as the schedule holds this year, I think it's going to be a really good season. Yep. And much like IndyCar, uh, Formula One is uh, drawing on. Um, a mix of uh, some newer venues, um, including um, a street race through uh, through Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, yep. according to at, uh, according to Formula One.com. Yep, and um, at night. And at night, um, you have um, the Sochi Circuit in Russia, which I don't think they've run uh, too too many times before. Uh, the same thing with Baku in Azerbaijan. Yep. Um, so you have them, and I think the Sakir circuit in Bahrain as well, they haven't run too many on that, yeah. but at the same time, you talked about Monte Carlo, you talked about Silverstone, you talked about Spa, um, and Monza, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, long time Formula One circuits, um, and then, uh, they're bringing one. Uh, back this year that has uh, been out of uh, the Formula One scene for some time, and that's in the Netherlands, Zandvoort. Yeah, um, they're bringing that back September fifth, um, and they've got a really, really full schedule. So they're going from late March through mid December, mm-hmm. um, and there's a number of weekends where it's just. Uh, race after race after race after race after race um and um 
so it'll be interesting to see how teams uh, manage the um, uh, the the uh, difficulties and the the rigorousness of the schedule during that time. Um, I'm looking particularly at um, late August yeah. through um, uh, through pretty much November. Uh, they've got a few off weekends in there, but um, it's just uh, every single race weekend, uh, pretty much there's yeah. uh, an event. Gone's, uh, I mean, the, what what you don't see is that two month stretch where they, you know, they they go, you know, they used to take the summers off, and I, I like that they're doing this approach better. I I didn't like the couple months off. I, I what when I started watching Formula One a few years ago, starting to get into it, I didn't like that. It was like well, there's no Formula One race going on. So I do like that stretch. It's going to be grueling. It's going to be challenging. Um, it it will be a most interesting season this year. Ryan, you have any thoughts? Well, you're absolutely right. It's definitely going to be a very Ironman season in Formula One. But seeing some of the tracks that not run as frequently as others, it's you know, interesting to say the least, you know, definitely adds a layer of competition to it because, you know, with them not run as frequently, not everybody's as familiar with it, keeps drivers on their toes. And I think the biggest news is the return of Monaco because in the Formula One, Monaco is a contender for being the biggest name. And seeing that back is really a sign to like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a strong season again. Yep. Yeah. And that's assuming that, um, you know, this, this coming year, um, you know, there's, there's progress made, um, against the, the COVID pandemic, you know, which was what took Monaco off of the schedule in 2020 to begin with. So, um, so here's hoping that, um, you know, for many, 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 many more, more reasons, um, than just the formula one schedule, um, that, you know, such progress is made this coming year, but, um, uh, you know, and that's true for all of, of the uh, the events this uh, this coming year. Uh, you know, all of this is subject to change. Um, and indeed, I think there may have already been uh, uh, one or two adjustments made already. Yeah, the I think they were supposed to. If if I'm if I was right, I thought in May they were supposed to either go to. China or Vietnam, and those came off the table. Yeah, I think so China. The, yeah. No, no, because I think they still have China on the. Um, uh, no, they they don't. Not this. Not this year. It there's a May second date of TBC, so to be chosen. Okay. So they either will have they'll at least have twenty two races, hopefully. Um maybe 2030 we will kind of see where that comes out but i think it was it, it there, there was something going on i i you know covid kind of pushed a lot of things back they were supposed to go to vietnam they were supposed to go to china and and start those those races and those came off the table and i think they came back off the table again so 
it'll, it'll be interesting. If not, it's an off weekend for them. And maybe, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes out of it. Um, but some other um, notable events um, or notable uh, uh, news headlines here. And I'm looking at um, an article by Philip Clarine um, from motorsport.com. Um, so uh, Pirelli supposedly is going to be keeping pretty much the same compounds. Um, they're uh, what they call their 2019 spec compounds. Um, for the the coming year's campaign, um, so there's there's going to be some consistency in the um, uh, in the tires, or at least the feel of it. At least I think. Yeah. Um, but one thing they note is, um, as you know, the teams and engineers and designers uh, continue to design and build cars that um, are faster, corner faster, go down the straightaways faster. Um, you know, and it puts more stress on the, on the tires. Um, so uh, they've uh, changed uh, some of the car design to reduce downforce um, for this coming year. And again, this is according to uh, Mr. Clarine at, at motorsport.com, uh, focusing on the floor, uh, the bottom side of these cars, um, trying to reduce the downforce of them a little bit. Um, so there's that. And then there's also... Um, uh, I believe they're, they're implementing the, uh, the, uh, cost caps, uh, for this yeah, year as well. I, I, I think they are. Yes. So that's going to be interesting to see how that, um, uh, how that plays out. Um, and if that, uh, um, increases, uh, parity in formula one this year as compared to past years. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, some of the other moves is, you know, let's take a look at some of the team moves that have happened. I mean, I mean, I definitely with Pirelli and the changes that they're doing, they they want to keep parity going, and, and they want to, you know, make sure that they've got a competitive sport. But look at the team moves. I mean, we talked about Lewis Hamilton. He still hasn't signed his contract yet. So we, I mean, right now Mercedes, it, it's just bought us, but it they haven't officially signed Hamilton. So they they gotta get going here because April's gonna come up quick, and if they, you know, they gotta get that. But we know that deal's supposed to happen. You know, Vettel, I, I mean, Vettel's with S. And Martin this year with Stroll. I don't know how good that's gonna be for him. Um, Ricardo and Norris is still at McLaren. Alpine Racing. Uh, this is what Renault was. They've now become Fernand uh, Alpine Racing. Fernando Alonso's come back. Leclerc Sands at Ferrari. I think. That I think having Sands is going to really help with them, with especially Leclerc. Um, you got, um, you've got Alpha Terreri who's back, Alpha Romeo or, um, with Reckoning and Giovanni Haas. That this is interesting. Haas, Michael Schumacher's son. I think. Yep. 
that's going to be interesting. I and if he's like his father, he's going to be a good racer. So that yep. we may be looking at the next Lewis Hamilton here. So we'll, we'll see how he does with Haas. That Haas really that I think that's going to give Haas a good kick this year to do well. Williams, yeah, they, I, oh, they need some some sort of spark of life because 2020 discounting what happened with uh, with Grosjean at Bahrain was just an unmitigated disaster for them. They were coming yeah. off of a couple of decent seasons for them um, where, you know, they were scoring points. They, you know, they were um, taking steps to become competitive in Formula One and they pretty yeah. much lost all of it in 2020. So they they need pretty much any any direction from where they are now is uh, is upwards uh, for them. So and I think Schumacher's gonna help that. Yep. And I don't know what's going on with, with Williams. I know they sold that team. Mm-hmm. I, I I know Williams' daughter sold that. Um, now it's Doralton Capital who owns it. I, I think that's going to be very much in question where they go in the future. Um, but they did have a technical partnership this year. They're in 2022. They're going to increase that technical partnership. So maybe this with Mercedes. So maybe that helps them in the long run. But I I. Th- think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these lesser teams this year and the one driver i want to see is what alonzo does i want to see if alonzo really um i i think he came back because he's really mad at mclaren i think he's got a very strong um emotion on that and i want to see what he does especially when he has to race those guys. I want to see how he does with that. So it should be a good year this year. Races will be on ESPN. Um, You may have to get up at the crack of dawn to watch them, but hey, they're fun to watch in the morning. I set my DVR, watch them in the evening, and no commercials. Gotta love that. There you go. So with that said... We've got, we're closing up our show. We've got some final thoughts here. And with it, I want to say we talked about safety and and Grosjean's incident. And one of the guys I want to, one of the people who we can thank for safety. And he pioneered he fought hard is bill simpson and we lost him in 2019 but he was still doing racing safety all the way to the end and gentlemen before i put my thoughts on this um elliot why ryan one of you share your thoughts and what you think about bill simpson um Bill Simpson was, uh, you know, the ultimate pioneer. Um, he was, um, you know, the um, he was a badass figure in the world of motorsports. And uh, there's there's a lot of people alive today 
um, because of them. Uh, and uh, not only the products that he brought to the market, but also the, uh, the testing that he himself uh, put his own uh, health and safety on the line um, to test them and vouch for his own products. Um, he's, um, uh, he was definitely uh, an institution uh, in his field. And just like, um, you know, a lot of other, uh, you know, big names or big figures um, in other, uh, other arenas. I mean, this guy, he was basically like, uh, to me, he was like the Led Zeppelin of, of safety. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, you know, his name is synonymous with it and everybody else, um, you know, following him is learning from what he did and then trying to apply it in their own way. Well said. Ryan, your thoughts? I mean, I don't even know if I can count the number of drivers in almost every division of racing that all but owe their lives to Simpson with the uh, inventions that he came up with for sheer safety of the drivers. And he even goes to what we spoke about earlier today, Grosjean's crash. The Nomex suit that he was wearing that Simpson pioneered made it so the only thing that he burned was his hands. So he could be said to you know, directly thank Bill Simpson because his invention pretty much saved his life. Well said. And I, you know, I think about with, with Bill Simpson and I've read his books. I'm, I'm currently reading his second one. I read his first one and I'm working on the second one now, almost through with that. And the, the one thing is when the cards were stacked with him against him, he fought through, he found ways to, to succeed. He, he pioneered safety, um, and I, I kind of want to leave with one of the f- one of the, a, a more f- interesting story with this is his shops were in Indianapolis and he started out with designing drag racing parachutes. But when he started with the, the fire suit, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but back in the day, what drivers used to do is they used to dip their coats or their suits before fireproof suits in um, rubbing alcohol uh, which probably wasn't the safe bet but they would dip them in there to try to give them some protection well he designed this fire suit and where does he test it the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and what he does, and there's a, a picture of this and uh, out there, is he gets in, puts on the helmet, everything, gets doused in gasoline, lights himself on fire, and there's drivers and everyone around. And, and, he's, and he said about, he said, you know, he's showing the demonstration. Well, Parnelli Jones... I I believe it was Parnelli Jones, I think it was. Being the character he is, 
takes a hot dog, puts it on a stick, and sticks it in there with his fire suit on fire. And roasts the hot dog. <laughs> now, granted, you know, people got a kick out of that, but you want to show product demonstration, there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, thank you, Bill. Without that, you know, without you, who knows where we would been and your your services you were very rewarding so mm-hmm. well it was a great episode I'm gonna tell you we got a few more episodes with off season coming out and you know what we are getting close i know the the end of the end of january the 24 hours of daytona is going to be going and then we're going to be in the off season. So the green flag is about to come out again, and we're going to be racing. Sure. Have a great night, folks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And can't wait to hear, from, uh, uh, can't wait to see you all on the next one. Thank you. Pleasure as always, and we'll catch you on the next round. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast.